Just letting you know. Sunday night. If you want to get up on your feet, we're going to welcome the Lord in. I've got river, living water, found that never will run dry. It's an open heaven, you're releasing. We will never be denied. Cause you're stirring up, cause you're stirring up deep, deep wells. We're stirring up deep, deep water. Gonna jump in the river, jump in the river. We're stirring up deep, deep wells. We're stirring up deep, deep water. 
deep cries out to deep cries out to deep cries out to we cry out to we cry out to you jesus deep cries out to deep cries out to deep cries out to deep cries out to we cry out to we cry out to you jesus i've got Everybody's here, ready to have church. Wonderful. Last week, I talked about the parking lot, and it is very famous this week. I don't know what's going on. Half of it's gone, but I came into church this morning, and there was a, an actual car photo shoot happening in the parking lot out here at the front. I pulled in, and I was like, what's going on? I didn't know what was up. But the parking lot went very well today. We appreciate that. Thank you. Remember, if you come in the parking lot and you go to that lane out on that outside, you need to park this way or this way. The temptation is going to be to follow the lines out there, but don't do it. Resist the temptation, and it'll flee from you. <laughs> Think outside the lines. Amen. Amen. But anyhow, it's good to have you here this evening. We are in for a wonderful night of worship and message. It's going to be a great time. We're happy to see you here. We're going to get out and welcome each other into the house tonight.
Amen. Amen. We want to look to the Lord in prayer tonight. I know that we're still maybe doing the welcome and greeting one another, but I want to look to God in prayer. I've been thinking a lot about lately pastor's message that he shared today was a lot of what the Lord's been placing on my heart, but I've been thinking a lot about our goal, our goal of worship. What's our prize? And I've been thinking for a lot, for a lot of us, sometimes making heaven is our goal. Sometimes for some of us, making the rapture, not being left in the rapture is our goal, but I kind of feel like Jesus should be our goal. I kind of feel like Abraham when he said that you're my very great reward, when he spoke of, or I should say what the Lord said to Abraham when he first come and ministered to him, he said, I'm your very great reward. So what we're pressing on towards is Jesus. I'm thankful for the golden uh, roads or the streets of gold. I'm thankful for the pearly gates and the crystal sea. I'm thankful for a mansion that I don't deserve. But let me tell you something. I'm going to see my grandpa and I'm going to love on him when I get there. But the one I came for is Jesus Christ. The reason I'm there is Jesus. I'm seeking him. He is our very great reward. How many believe that tonight? It was Jesus that saved you, that reached down and found you where you were, picked you up, set your feet on solid rock. I'm so thankful for him doing that tonight. Can we pray? All of us, if you have a need today, I just want you to lift your hand. Just something that we're praying about. We join together in prayer. We're believing God, trusting God because he is God and we can do that. He's big enough and strong enough and we can put our burdens upon him. He bears them daily, the Bible says. Father, we love you. We praise you. We worship you. God, you live to intercede. Daily you intercede for us, Lord. And we come to you, Jesus us right now because we love you God we love you our desire tonight is to know you our desire tonight is to be filled with more of your precious spirit with more of you our desire is to be your reflection God to this world God we are so thankful we're a thankful people God that you chose us we're a thankful people God that we love you tonight because you first loved us and God we respond in worship God we respond in giving God we respond in prayer because you're good to us and we're thankful to you tonight God we give you God we offer these requests to you God we present them to you God we don't hold any burdens God anything that's on our heart God we lay them at your feet God if there be need of healing in body God tonight we give it to you we receive it in the name of Jesus we ask you to pour your spirit and grace out upon us in such a way God that we walk out of here and knees that weren't working are working God and backs that were feeling broken God are put back together God minds that have been afflicted God are all of a sudden full of your peace God and your power and your grace and your joy God lives and marriages God and, and hearts God that are broken are mended in your presence tonight because you are our healer and we give these things to you for you are able God let us be lost in worship tonight God let us be lost in your presence God let us be found in you God and we pray these things in your precious name the name that's above every other name, the name of Jesus Christ, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you put your hands together and thank Jesus, our great reward, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross.
endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the Father. And He's interceding for us right now. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. We're going to take up the offering. So thankful this morning for an incredible... I'm not saying this. I say this all the time. But I'm not saying this to, to try and get in good with the boss. But I'm so thankful that our pastor had a, had a great vacation. He's back. I don't know about you, but you may have seen something, a look in his eye, something in his heart, a peace in his heart, because we're going somewhere. And I'm thankful for the leader that God's given us, that he listens and responds to the Holy Spirit. I'm thankful for where God is taking our church. I'm thankful that when we give in this offering, when we give in this offering, it doesn't disappear. And it's never seen again. When we give in this offering, it goes all over this world to touch lives. Romania, South America, and Alaska, all over this surrounding city that we live in, all of what we give goes to reach lives. That's why I give give an obedience to God with my tithe and I'm thankful for that. I've never been sorry or regretful one time to live off the 90%. Every bill has been paid and taken care of and many needs and wants, every need and, and some wants have been taken care of. But I'm thankful that when we give tonight that we don't have to worry where it's going because we know it's going to build the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Father, we love you and praise you. We ask you to, to touch us tonight, God. We ask you, we pray the prayer, God, you've already blessed us, and God, we pray that you make us a blessing. God, we want to be a blessing to you. We want to be a blessing to our co-workers. We want to be a blessing to our wives and husbands and children. God, we want to be a blessing to our school. God, we want to be a blessing to our city. We pray that you would use us and touch us, God, as we humbly offer everything that we have to you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Aren't you proud of our Celebrate Recovery praise and worship team? Amen. If you would stand with me tonight. Vicki, it's good to see you in church tonight. You've gone through surgery and been in the hospital for eons. Good to see you here tonight. You and Brian, I see Brian. As we're looking into the Word of God, I, I had prepared another message for tonight. And this afternoon, it just kept rolling over and over that uh, this is what Stratford Heights needed was the message that I preached last night at Cameron Avenue. Sister Carolyn, Pastor Carolyn is here tonight. Her and some of the choir members, they'll, they'll know exactly where to say amen. Although I've never preached the same message twice in my life. <laughs> but we are, we are in, a, in a moment, in a day, in a time when there's elements, things that we need to have in the church. Things that are important that we don't need to, to get sidetracked from. Tonight, I want to talk about revival, fire, fire. Because the fire is what makes the difference. People don't go to a church. Programs are a dime a dozen. Singers, they got singers everywhere. American Idol has singers. The bar down the street has singers. Some of them, man, they, they're on their way to Nashville. They can do a great job. But the difference, the difference is the fire that's down inside of our hearts. That's where, where the healing for cancer comes from, is in the fire. That's where the difference comes when your mind is changed and your circumstances has changed. Your life has been transformed. You're not the same person that you used to be. That's the fire of God fire. First Kings chapter 18 and verse 36. I want to read a very familiar passage of scripture. It's Elijah on Mount Carmel. When he was on Mount Carmel, he had quite a, a task in front of him. There were a whole lot more folks standing in favor of the God Baal matter of fact they had it all stitched up they had the king's ear they had everybody's favor the prophets of Baal they had it all in control like a lot that we see today a lot of folks a lot of liberal folks in the media a lot of liberal folks out there trying to decide what America's morality is these days you know I'm amazed at the few folks that decide all the rules that really don't represent the most of us can you say amen to that can I tell you that we still have a, a there's a sanctity of life in America we still believe in pro-life we believe in marriage between a man and a woman we believe in the standards and the moralities that have built this country and made it straight made it straight and made it made, that, that's funny that made it what it is we believe in holy living righteous living we still believe in a standard of righteousness and holiness for God's people we still believe that we don't go out and do and act and drink and snuff and smoke and inject all the things the world does 
we still believe that when the fire of God comes into your life, it transforms you and changes you. When I met Jesus and I got up from that altar, the reason most of you know the date and the time and place, July 2nd, 1981 at Hare Arena. Sherry is because when I got up from the altar that night, I wasn't the same person. I was different. I have never been the same since. When I met Jesus, I don't know what your relationship with the Lord is like. I don't know if you can go back to a a day, a time, an hour, a service, a message. But I know I went home that night and I was not the same boy I was when I walked in. My life was transformed. I started living a new life. It was the fire of God. It was the power of God. If this church will be a church that makes a difference in this community, it won't be because we got a better choir or a better preacher or better teachers or better servants or better programs. It will not be because of that. They come a dime a dozen. I can take you. I won't take you because I don't want you to see them. But there are other churches with better pastors that preach much better sermons, but I don't let you hear them. you're nice I know who they are and I won't let you know who they are but at the end of the day what's going to make this church stand out and be different it's going to make this church be the the thing that draws people is if there is a supernatural fire that Rowdy, a supernatural intervention. I said it this morning in the service. Give me all your programs. Give me all your big presentations. Give me all your big money. And I'll take the anointing that makes the difference 100 times over 100 times. Those are the things that won't change me. I, I love answered prayers testimonies we talked about at Cameron Avenue last night we made a declaration before we started that service that we were going to not fill our bags full and we weren't going to just carry around all of our prayer requests anymore we were going to start pulling them out and getting some testimonies it's time for us as children of God to stop having so many prayer requests not because we shouldn't speak of them or we don't need them or have them we'll have them but It's time to start exchanging them in for answered prayers. It's time to start changing them in for something that that transforms and changes our circumstance and turns it around. I'm, I'm on a mad search, Daniel, for answered prayers. I want answered prayers. One answered prayers. And God is doing that. This is a season of answered. How many of you have had a prayer? I'm not talking about a toothache that just got better after ibuprofen and you thanked God for it. I'm talking about you have had an answer. God answered to prayer in the last month, six months. Look around you. Me too. I've had a couple. He still answers prayers. 
when Elijah walked out on that mountain and he stood there in front of all the prophets of Baal as they were dancing around and they were calling on Baal and cutting themselves and breaking glass and they were doing everything in the world to put on a good show. Elijah just sat out there eating his lunch, picking his teeth. And waited for his turn. This is what happened. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 36. At the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today. Can you imagine the boldness where he said that? Let, how, how courageous before God. He said, Lord, let it be known today that you are God. That's what I want to say to Middletown. Thank you, Mark and Benita. Where are you guys at? Thank you for what you did. They're in here somewhere. They were, I just saw them before church. Thank you. They went out to Clayton Street and they cut all that grass, made it, sent me beautiful pictures. Looks so nice. They cut it. They, they, it looks like a velvety green carpet over there. They come back and they show me the pictures and I'm like, oh man, God's given us opportunities. You know what's going to happen? The city of Middletown's going to look at the mission, gonna look at the servanthood, gonna look at the work that's going on, look at the fire that's coming out of the ministries of this church. He said, let it be known that today that you are God. And to Middletown, I wanna say to him, you are God. I want Middletown to rise up and scream out and say, wow, you are God. There's so much confusion today. Nobody knows who the real God is. They're all out here chiming for the national prayer breakfast they're all trying to get their god on center stage but i want people to start crying out jehovah jesus christ he's god that's what i want i want the doubt to go away i want the confusion to die away i want them to see with their own eyes that there is no confusion he is god Jehovah is God. How many believe that? Lift your hand and praise Him tonight. He is God. Oh, song says He's God on the front, at the front door, God at the back door, God on the stage, in the pew, in the amen corner. Do I got an amen corner? He's God. I need to preach and get off the text here, but I like the text. Let's just talk about the text all night. Let it be known today that you are God in Israel, that I am your servant, and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, O oh Lord, answer me, so these people will know that you are Lord. That you, O oh Lord, are God, and that you are turning their hearts back again. Brother Leon, your testimony tonight drove over to Indiana with one purpose his uncle has been diagnosed with cancer the whole family was gathered there together and he knew he was on mission he had one goal he knew he had to go over there with a purpose 
I want you to know he came home with prayers prayed and people who have accepted Christ his uncle accepted Christ there's a preacher right over there it's a preacher right over there didn't know it didn't know he was a preacher didn't know he was a minister didn't know he was a messenger of the good news but God sent him all the way to Indiana to put him on mission so that his uncle would know he is God answer me O Lord answer me so these people will know that you O Lord are God that you are turning their hearts back again and after he prayed that prayer then listen here's the good part you ready then just want to see if you're still with me then the fire of the Lord this is absolutely driving me nuts then the fire of the Lord fell burned up the sacrifice the wood the stones and the soil and also licked up the water in the trench if you remember Elijah in his courage and boldness said, oh, wait, 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 wait. Before we go any further, get me 12 barrels of water and just drench that baby. Just so they know it's God. Just so we know it's impossible, Elaine. Impossible. I got a what? I got a mass wear on my brain. What? It's impossible. Drench that baby with water. Mm. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and soil, and licked up the water in the trench. When the people saw this, they fell prostrate before God and cried, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Isn't that good? You're dismissed. <laughs> you can't get out that easy. <laughs> Father, we pray right now. Touch us tonight. Oh God, you're doing something in our church. We thank you for the, for the souls that were saved this morning. We even lost count of them. We don't even know how many, but you do. You kept track, Lord, of every one of those little sheep. We thank you for the spirit and how you moved in the service and how you're moving tonight, how you moved last night at Cameron Avenue. Thank you, Lord, for Clayton Street giving us back our building, Lord, so we can go forward with a mission to this city to prove that you are God. Help us, God, tonight to set a flame inside our own hearts towards heaven. Lord, to be lit up with your fire, to call on the God of fire, Lord for the consuming fire that you are to consume us oh we pray it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ speak to us in this hour continue to lead us God as we build Lord we're if it was in our own strength and it was because of our own paychecks if it was because of our own work if it was up to us Lord all of these things would be impossible it's drenched with water but it's yours Lord it's all yours so we will walk in the shadow of the Almighty and we will see 
your glory before the people. And they will rise up. They will rise up from 1st Street, 2nd Street, all the way to 14th and 17th Street. Braille and University. 73 going into Carlisle and Franklin. 73 going into Trenton and taking off. Lord, into all the other areas. Lebanon, Monroe. They'll all rise up and they'll see the fire of God on these sacrifices. And they'll say, oh Lord, you are God. We pray it tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. We give you the honor. And everyone said amen. Amen. God bless you. That is the cry of our hearts, isn't it? That's the cry of our hearts. That the people of this city would know that God is God. I'm amazed at how they want us to share. I, I, I'm, not, I'm just not used to it. I mean, clear back to Father Knows Best in the 50s and, and all the television shows. It was always just assumed from Little House on the Prairie to the Waltons that, that God, Jehovah God, Jesus was the Lord. We read about these false gods in the Word, and, and we actually couldn't even imagine what that really would be like in our day because we didn't have that kind of problem, not in America. But here we are in 2015 with gods fighting for center stage. Amazed at the National Prayer Breakfast this last year where they had all these different gods represented. We preached this morning, we're living, we're living in the end time. But what I care about and what speaks to me so detrimentally during this season and this time when all the calendars are coming together and all the information is being fed in and we're seeing that on this, you know, all the people that throw all their chips, so to speak, in on the world, all in on the earth, they're losing their confidence real quickly because there's not a whole lot for us to have confidence in anymore. The banking system isn't sure. The educational system isn't sure. The government isn't sure. We don't know who's going to be in office anymore. We don't know what's happening from one scandal to the next. Even in the church world, we're not sure anymore. There's so many different styles and methods and programs and nobody's together on anything anymore. Nobody agrees on anything. They've thrown doctrines out the window. They all want to have a social gathering together. And the bigger the show, with the more fireworks, the better. It used to be that we, as a church, might have a few folks that, that might travel across town to another Pentecostal church. They might travel across town and, and join another membership of the Church of God. But now it's gotten to the day and time where there is no standard of doctrine. There's no standard of belief system anymore. You can go to a church that teaches the rapture or don't teach the rapture. You can go to a church that teaches holiness or don't teach holiness. You can go to one where they believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit or ah, you don't need that. You can go to a church where they just teach mercy and grace and that's all, nothing else. And, and all of these things are important in the kingdom work, but all of them together have their balance in place.
But now you've got a smorgasbord, a, a dinner buffet of all kinds of different churches. God has not changed, according to the word. He's not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's the same God of Mount Carmel. He's the God that answers not to the crowd. Hear me. He doesn't answer to the crowd. He don't answer to America. He don't answer to the Gallup polls. He don't answer to the church. The church answers to him. He's still the God of fire. We have lost loved ones in our community. We have lost loved ones out of our congregation. We have folks that we're praying for that we have got to see come in to the harvest. They've got to be a part of the last day harvest. They must come in. They're lost. We've got to seek the lost. Our church as a community must be about seeking the lost. It's more, as I said this morning, more important that we seek the lost than it is that we gather together in the church and have a hoedown. It's much more important that we seek out those that are lost and hurting in addictions. And I hear celebration, restoration went marvelous last night. And you had lots of good reports. And, and we're so thankful for those who are finding the peace that comes through Christ. Free from their addictions. And by the way, tomorrow night, right here in this sanctuary, Ray Charles' daughter... Sheila Ray Charles will be here in service and she'll be speaking at 7 o'clock and the whole church is invited. But she isn't coming to represent her, her boss daddy. She's coming here, as I said this morning, to represent her heavenly father. She made it very clear. Linda told me she said she is saved, sanctified, and filled with the sweet Holy Ghost. So she's coming to preach and I hear she's like me Linda said she's a lot like me because you never know when I'm going to break out in a song. So she'll be right in the middle of preaching. The next thing you know, she'll be going, how great thou art. You never know. Just like with me. Some of you think I need a doctor, but we'll talk about that later. This city, I want this city, the whole idea behind the gift God has given us with the Clayton Street Mission is that we will have an ability to send a big, huge I love you to the city of Middletown we've served for 100 years. And I'm so excited about so many of you who have volunteered to be on the teams. I mean, a hundred of you probably already have said, I want to be on the Clayton Street Mission Team. And you're all on. Everybody's on. God gave us a building for free. He gave, I, I begged him six months ago, and I said, God, if this is you, you know our desire. We're not looking to make a name for ourselves. As a matter of fact, Stratford Heights won't even be on the sign. Lord, we're not looking to make a name for us. We're not looking to do this for our own benefit. We're not wanting to pat ourselves on the back, give ourselves some kind of reward. It's going to cost us. It's going to sacrifice 
there's going to be time, our own money. There's going to be all kinds of things that are sacrificed. But God, if you'll give that to us, we'll turn it into a mission to love this city. Six months ago, God, and if it's you, give it to us. For free. Because we can't afford it. We're building this big old building out here that we need desperately. But Lord, we can't afford to buy nothing over there. The church is going to run me out, tar and feathered. If I come into them saying, well, we got the opportunity to buy the old church. They're going to say, no. Not a good idea. I said, so Lord, if this vision of the Clayton Street mission, 100 years being able to come back and give once again, to our city right from the very beginning. Go back to our roots. Remember who we are and where we come from. You know, we're highfalutin up here on the hill. We got this big old nice church, million dollar facility, four million dollar facility. People look at us and say, y'all mighty fine up there. But you know what we're doing? We're going back to our roots. We're gonna go back to where our strength came from. We're gonna go back and give back to this city again and love them all over again. And I'm looking for God to do great and mighty things. With over 100 of you that have volunteered already, by the time we get done, there'll be two or 300 of us working in this mission, probably 24 hours a day, who knows? And everybody working, saying, I don't want, I don't need a paycheck, I don't need this pastor, I don't need patted on the back, I don't need rewarded, don't make, I don't wanna do this for my own glory, Lord, pastor, I just wanna work. I just want to give. I just want to serve God. Can't wait to see what God's going to do with it. I said, Lord, if it's you, give it to us for free. And he did just that. The minister called. You know what he did. And in my conversation with him, I remember sitting there staring at Richard and tears in my eyes and he his mouth was dropped open and I'm like yes well you, uh, we would be interested in talking with you about this oh my gosh. I are you interested in selling no I heard you if you're gonna turn this into a mission he said, I'm going to turn it over to you free and clear. All glory and honor to the Lord. So, grass got cut today. We're going to get in there. We're going to do a title search this week and get the title changed over. Once we do, we'll get the electric turned back on and we'll get out there. And I'll be calling on all y'all, every one of you, get lock the doors, get their names on the paper. We want painters, sweepers, cleaners. We want cutters. We want scrapers. We want plumbers, drywallers. We want everybody. And guess what? We want you to, just like the building was given to us for free, we want you to give your services for free. We ain't paying you. Bless God, if you don't pay me, I won't be there. See ya. God's going to get in the middle of it. And this city is going to hear a message that says, we love you. 
We love you. Jesus loves you. And God is real. Fire has always been the symbol of God's presence. It was his approval. It was his acceptance. Whenever God accepted an offering, fire fell on it. Whenever God accepted a sacrifice, fire fell on it. And it's our heart's desire to live our lives to be acceptable to him. That's our goal, to live every day, not to be acceptable in the eyes of the preachers, not acceptable in the eyes of the church, not acceptable in the eyes of the world. We are to be acceptable in the eyes of God. We live to please the Lord. And when we please the Lord, fire falls. Fire falls on our lives. The Bible says in Malachi chapter 3, and verse 2, for our God is a consuming fire. I'm sorry, that was Hebrews. It's Malachi where he says he's like a refiner's fire. In Isaiah, he said he's like a spirit burning. Many times in human history, God visited his people with fire. You remember the children of Israel being led by night by fire. And it was interesting to note that if you read on and study that in Scripture, you'll see that there were times when he would always lead them by night, by fire. But at times when the enemy was coming at them, the fire would move to the back of the crowd and hide the children of Israel for protection. God is always taking care of his people. He takes care of his projects. He takes care of his work and ministry. God will always take care of us. But Moses stood in the land of Midian on the backside of a desert at a burning bush. He stood, walked by, and he saw that the bush was burning. When he saw the bush was burning, he said, I'm going to turn around and see this thing. I'm going to stop and look at this that's happening. He turned around. And it says, and then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great side. Why the bush it's burning is not consumed. Why doesn't it burn out? It's on fire, but yet it's strong and good, and the bush is healthy. It's beautiful. He said, I'm going to turn and see this thing. That's what the world, Duran's looking at with us. They're looking to see you burn. They want to see the fire of God in you, and yet you are not consumed. You're not consumed by your circumstances. You're not consumed by your problems and your trials. You're not consumed by the worries and anxieties of this world. You're not in fear walking around needing a, a, a medicine every five minutes. You're not one of these people that are absolutely just in the mully grubs 24 hours a day. What is it about you? They want to see why you burn like you do. And when this church is on fire... When this church, whose history has been that it's on fire. I've been in services in this church coming up 35 years. I've been in services when I was a teenager when the power of the Lord would move across the congregation at Harlem Park. I've watched people shout under the power. I've watched them dance under the power. I've watched them have to carry them out because they were drunk in the spirit of God. I've seen things that have blown my mind at times. I've seen people do things in the spiritual realm that blew my mind. I've seen the power of the Lord fall in the house many times throughout the years. There was one night in particular at a Perry Stone revival. We didn't leave the building until 4 o'clock in the morning. Elaine, we prayed all night. We laid hands on everything under the sun. 
The power of the Lord was there. Many were filled with the Holy Ghost. They had to pull them out from underneath the pews. Oh God, send the fire. Send the fire, Lord. The place was packed every night. People were driving for miles to get to that revival. The power of the Lord, the fire of God. Sometimes we try so hard to stir up our own fires that we get weary and tired and we falter. And in the end, it doesn't work. I'll tell you this, all the show pieces out there, all the great, great shows and presentations that are happening in the name of God, I'm telling you, after a while, they fizzle out. The people sit on the pews week after week, and it's after so much entertainment. Suddenly, there's a hunger inside their spirit, and they, they're wondering, where's... Where is my grandma's church? Where is the church where the Spirit of God would fall? And grandma would hang on to the pew and she'd move. Remember services at Philadelphia Drive when I was growing up, my mother, all of a sudden, she'd let out this Indian war cry. She'd, woo! And she'd stand up and she'd shout all the way down her pew. She'd come right back and snap her fingers at her six kids. The power of God would shout her all over the place. I remember hearing the story of my grandmother who played the church piano, and she was playing the piano one night, and the Holy Ghost hit her. Her hands went up, and the piano kept on playing because the choir needed it. They were a little tone deaf. The power of God fell in the place. These are not stories. These are real events. Real events. The Spirit of God. The fire of God. It's not that he wants Brother Charlie to make a spectacle. He's not wanting to be a laughing stock to the world. He's wanting to show the believers, I am the God of Israel. I am the God of fire. And I'll show you the fire and the power so that you'll know I'll be there when your enemies come at you. I'll set you up a table in the wilderness and I'll feed you. I'll take care of you. I'll arm you and I'll defend you and I'll protect you. The fire of God is what we need. The fire of the Lord leads us. Moses turned and saw this fire that was burning and it says, and when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. What that spoke to me was God speaks out of the fire. God speaks in the fire. You need to hear the voice of the Lord. God speaks in the fire. He speaks in that fire. He speaks in answered prayers. He speaks when a church and when a Christian is lit up with the fire and the power of God, not scrambling, trying to make their own name and make their own way and make their own reputation and get their own power and authority. But when they lay it all down, I give myself away. 
We sing it over and over and over again, and yet we still keep getting up every morning and fighting the old rat race and getting out here trying to make a name and make a dollar and do this to get our own reputation. It's good to be successful. God wants you to be successful, but not at the cost of your right standing with God. You remember when Abraham and Isaac were headed up the hill with the sacrifice in Genesis 22 and 7. Isaac said to his father, he said, my father, he said, here, here I am, my son. Abraham said, then he said, look, father, we have the fire, and we have the wood. Where is the lamb for the burnt offering? An honest question. He didn't know as Abraham said, the Lord will provide. You know, many have said, well, boy, you know, Abraham passed the test with God, but man, what a bad father. He wasn't a bad father. You know what? So I heard some one preacher say, he said, Abraham knew that even if he came down on his son with that dagger, he had such confidence and faith in God that if he, if he literally poured, poured that dagger down inside his son's body, that God would raise that boy right back up. He had faith. He was known for his faith. He was in the Hallmark Hall of Fame for faith. It's entirely different today, though, isn't it? We have the lamb. We have the wood. But so many of us are missing the fire. We don't have the fire. Can I tell you this? The miracles are in the fire. When God gave the law to Moses on Mount Sinai, remember the people were afraid. They said, Moses, you go take care of it. You go up there and talk to God. They, didn't, they were afraid of the fire. They were afraid of the smoke. They were afraid of the lightning. They were afraid of the voice of God. They didn't want to get that close. There's a lot of people just want to sit on a pew and not get too close, not get too involved. Preacher, you go get the word, and you just tell us on Sunday. You just tell us what we need to do. Pastor, we'll be okay if you just do all the work. Let me tell you, I am a shepherd that leads sheep. I'm to lead you, not feed you all the time. The feeding comes from God on the cattle's hills and all those green, beautiful pastures. But I am to lead you by still waters. I'm to lead you by the, by the fountains and the grass and the greenery. And I'm to take you into places where you are to be sheep that are being led towards the destiny. Every one of us are working together under the power of God's Holy Spirit to get the job done. For the kingdom. You believe that? Say amen. The fire that fell, it was the, the, the smoke and the lightning and the thunder and all that. Moses was very familiar by this time with the way God speaks. God's miracles, God's answered prayers. If you've ever talked to Sister Peggy Rundell, she has a miracle. She was in a horrible car crash in Texas, I believe. And she was in the hospital and had all kinds of damage done to her body. Was told she'd never walk again. Would you stand up? Just stand up right where you are. Right there. That is a miracle right there. In the name of the Lord, God touched her life. She's a walking miracle. 
Why? Because of the fire of God. The fire of God can take care of any situation. I got Elaine. Elaine, stand up. She's the one that had the, the mass on her brain and tum a tumor and cancer. And they've given her some terrible reports. And we've sat in my office together, her and me and Bob, and cried. And we've talked about what to do. And, you know, I saw her over and over again say, I'm not going to give in to it. I'm not giving in to it. And here she is tonight. How many years ago? Three years ago, three years going strong. She's got her hair back. She's smiling from ear to ear and singing in the choir. God's got his hand on her. And we got miracles like that all over this house. We got miracles like that all over this place where the fire of God, the answered prayers of God have made the difference. Ron's a miracle back there. Stand up, Ron. Stand up. Ron was a dead man. He was giving up. We were planning his funeral. I stood out in the hallway at the hospital at Atrium with Nicole, and we were planning his service. It was over. But God. But God. When the fire of God falls the miracles take place. The fire of God. You've got to pray to get in the fire. You've got to pray to get. It's not about trying to get a hold of God. So many people try to earn stuff with God. They try to go out there and make it happen. I'll be good enough, God. I'll read enough. I'll pray enough. I'll do this enough. You know, no. It all goes back to that simple song we can't get away from. We've been singing it for years. I give it all. I give myself away. I surrender all to you, God. I give everything I am. I lay myself down before you. I decrease so that you can increase. I lay down my desires, my life, so that I will represent and live in the fire of God Almighty. That's what we desire tonight. As a church, that's what we desire tonight. Before you carry me out of here, and I'm no longer your pastor, I want it to be said, boy, that man knew where the power was. The fire of God was what made the difference. I know it's not in our cute little prayers, in our cute little preaching and teaching. It's not in our cuteness, period. It's in the power of Almighty God. And you can go a hundred miles and the only failures I see in this world are people that have failed to endure. That's the only failures. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed out begging for bread. I've been fed. I've been taken care of. Miracul miraculously, the Lord has provided for me. I've had miracles take place. I was in college. I needed money to stay, and I didn't know what I was going to do, and I, I didn't have anything. I got They were going to come take my car away. I was trying my best to work every single night while I was at Lee, and I was working hard, and, pay, and I got this lady on the phone, and she's like, look, I, we just got to have something from you. You're going to have to do it right now. How can I get a payment from you? Can you do check over the phone I'm like no I don't have it somehow the story turned around to where I said I'm from I'm at Lee I'm studying to be a minister you are well I'm church of God 
You are. Where do you go to church? Well, I go to the so-and-so church of God. And, and I love Lee students. My, my cousin goes to Lee and people, kids from our church go to Lee. Oh, baby, we just want to help you. What can I do for you? Next thing I know, she's like, look, I'm going to put you on a furlough. You don't have to pay for three months. And you just, you call me back when you're able to do it. And here's my number and here's my extension. And I'll put you back on, but you don't worry about nothing. I'm going to help you. Every time I turned around, God was doing something amazing. I, I needed $100 for my campus choir suit. Dr. Horton was getting us ready for a big tour, and I didn't have the money for it. My mom and daddy didn't have it, and I didn't have it. I was searching my car, pulling quarters out of the seats. I was doing everything I could to pull up the money, trying to make it happen. I come home for the weekend with some folks. I rode with them, got in Harlem Park. I was walking out the door on the Sunday morning, and I said, the Lord, it was good to be home, good to be here, but now i got to go back and tell Dr. Horton I don't have the money. And then it was one of our gentlemen walked over to me. And I was in the parking lot heading to the car, and he blows the horn on his car, and he says, hey, come here. And I walked over to him, and he said, I don't know why, man, but the Lord just told me to give you $100, and he handed me $100 out of nowhere. We got in my car and cried all the way to Trotwood. Over and over and over again, the fire of God will go before you. Answered prayers will always be there ahead of you. And when the fire falls, it don't go the normal way. When the fire falls, it don't just happen naturally. It don't happen just the way you expect it to all the time. When Elijah called down the fire, when the prophets of Baal started up there, they were trying to get their fire started. They were fanning. They were waving. They were cutting. They were dancing. They were screaming to Baal. And they're fanning a big flame underneath this, this offering, trying to get it to light up. And Elijah looked out at him and just said, they don't know the fire of God. I felt like T.D. Jakes just then. <laughs> oh, y'all don't know something about nothing. I saw him the other night. He, he got amens and claps and screams and hollers because he said, oh, you don't know nothing about something. I don't know about nothing. And all the people were like, woo, amen, amen. I thought, man, I wish I could get up here and just say, I don't know nothing about nothing. And y'all start clapping and running the aisles. Now that's an anointing. That's an anointing. When you ain't saying nothing, but you getting amens. Nothing. Amen. All right. Wow, I need to quit. All right. It wasn't a normal fire. At Mount Carmel, Elijah looked at him as they did all their, they said, he said, maybe, maybe y'all should, should, should scream a little louder. Maybe he's sleeping. Maybe you should wake him up. Maybe he's on vacation. Took a break. He's in the back room. Elijah in confidence, just like you and I got to have tonight. Just like you and I got to have tonight. In confidence and boldness. It says, and when it was his turn. He didn't go out there and dance. Although dancing's cool. He didn't go out there and fan and try to get kerosene. He said, bring me the water. Bring water. Bring me some more. Bring me some more. Ah, you're not done. Bring me some more. 
barrel after barrel after barrel of water. Impossible, impossible, impossible. Every barrel made it more impossible, more impossible. And then he said, Lord God, send your fire so that these people will know that you are God. You see, the Bible says, and the fire fell. Oh, you don't know what I'm, you don't know nothing about what I'm telling you. The fire fell. And then look at the supernatural part of that verse. The fire fell and burned up the sacrifice. Then the wood. Then the stones. Then the dust. Then licked up the water. Now, you do understand how supernatural that is. Because, see, fire burns up. Fire don't burn down. The sacrifices last. When you light a man's fire, when churches are lighting their own fires, give me the key of C. Woo, we gonna shout tonight. Let's work it up. I don't like worked up services. I don't like when everybody gets all wore out before the preacher even gets up. Now I want to go home. When the fire of God falls, it starts with the sacrifice. What have you sacrificed for God? Your circumstances may not show it right away, but God will sure take your sacrifice. He burns it first. It comes down. And he burns on that sacrifice. Man, I feel God. Then he takes, then, I'll, then your circumstances start changing. Then the wood gets burnt. Then the stones that the wood was stacked on, then that got burnt. Then there was clay and dirt all around it. That got all burnt up. Can you imagine the intensity of this fire? Until finally... It didn't make no sense because you would think with all that heat, hot enough to melt stones, hot enough to lick up dirt, and the water was still there. And then, lastly, God said, oh, yeah, okay, let's, uh, let's take care of that water. Supernatural. God's going to work in your circumstance. He's going to lift you up, and he's going to start with your sacrifice. And he's going to burn down through that sacrifice. And then all your circumstances are going to fall in place behind it until finally God shows you his power in such a way that no man can replicate it. God likes to do things that no man can get credit for God likes to do things that nobody can get praise for or glory for. You ain't all that. Me, we ain't all that. If God don't get the glory in your ministry, you don't have a ministry for God. I ought to say that again, and it ought to be tweeted. Somebody ought to tweet that mess. If you don't have a ministry that glorifies God, you don't have a ministry for God. 
If he doesn't get all the glory, it doesn't belong to him. It belongs to you. Good luck. Good luck. If we're going to build this building out here based on our smarts, our intelligence, our wise decisions, good luck. If we're going to go over here and put a mission in Middletown and do it on our own ingenuity and our own talents and our own abilities and we're going to think it through and make it happen, good luck. But I'll tell you something. When you give him the hardest problem you've got, when you give him a dream and you let him take that dream and you just put up the sacrifice, when you give it to God, you begin, you listen to me, young people. This is a lesson of maturity in the spirit. If you'll learn this, it'll turn your life upside down and you'll have great success before you ever get out there. Give it to God in sacrifice and watch what he does. He will turn every bit of it around for you and show you a supernatural manifestation of his glory. No man will get credit for your life. No man will get credit for you, the good that happens in your life. No one will take credit for what God does in you. When you truly give yourself to the Lord, He makes something of you that you couldn't have been on your own. I walked into Tampa St. Joseph Hospital while I was on vacation. I had gotten a message. I would shared this in the 830 service. I shared this at Cameron Avenue last night. I'm going to share it with you tonight. I got a call from my cousin. He'd been kind of estranged from our family for many years. Didn't really want anything to do with anybody that was a part of faith and church. He was done with all that. Jeff's mom, his dad, and his only brother were all dead. We're all gone. So for the last several years, he's been bitter, hurt, mad, and alone. He didn't want nothing to do with God. We'd try to contact him. He wouldn't even let him by have his number. I understand the hurt. There's a lot of hurting people out there. There might be some hurting people in here tonight. But I saw on Facebook that he had kind of come to a broken place. He'd married a beautiful young lady named Wendy, and they had two children. He had his first grandbaby. And he listed on Facebook, he said, my wife Wendy is on ventilator, heart, She's in the hospital. If you pray, say a prayer. I thought, whoa. So I typed him back. I said, Jeff, I'm praying for Wendy, your cousin. And the next thing I got was he said, are you in Florida? I said, yes, I am. He said, would you come by the hospital and pray with my wife? I said, you better believe it took me almost two hours to get to where I needed to be. I got there and I walked into the hospital room where she was hooked up with 15 bags, drips everywhere, in intensive care unit, 
on ventilator, in a coma, unresponsive, had been that way for over two weeks. They weren't giving her any good reports. Nothing was good. But before I walked in the room, I stopped down the hall. And I said, God, you know Jeff, he's bitter. He's, he's bruised on the inside. And Melly's gone, Uncle Bobby's gone, Robbie's gone. He's been by himself. He had not have no family left. He cut all of us off. He doesn't want to go to church. He's been bitter, Lord. I prayed the prayer of Elijah. I said, show him your fire. I stopped in the hall and I said, God, would you please touch Wendy? And I said, God, would you do it in a way that shows Jeff that you are God? Would you do it in a way that'll show him that you know where he is? And his mama may have left and his daddy may have died and his brother may have died, but Lord, you know where he is and you care about him. Show him your power. And I felt the power of God hit me. And I was like, I, I get that way. I got bold like a lion. Because I was like, ooh, you if the power of God falls on me, it's over. I walked I walked into that room. I went over by her bed. I wasn't intimidated by the machines. I'd seen that before. I wasn't intimidated by the monitors. Wasn't intimidated by all the bags. I looked down. I reached down and grabbed her hand. She was unresponsive on that ventilator. And I looked at her and I said, God. And all of a sudden, I know where I felt his spirit. And I knew I was allowed to pray for her. And that God was going to let me be a vessel. Oh, I thank God for that. I knew it before I ever prayed. I reached up and put my hand on her forehead, and I began to pray for her, and I reached down and grabbed her hand, and I started praying right there in the Holy Ghost, out loud. The nurses thought I was the craziest thing they ever saw. And there I am, I'm praying, and I'm praying in tongues over her, unashamed of the power. I want the power of God. I want the fire of God. And I prayed with her, and there wasn't no visible change. I half expected her eyes to pop open. I was just waiting. I said my goodbyes and walked out, and got in my car, went back to Orlando, got in the hotel, and overnight the next morning, Jeff texts me on my phone. He says, she's awake. He said, they're going to take her off all these drips. One by one, and they said by five or six o'clock, they're gonna to try to take her off the vent. Keep praying, cousin. I got on my knees at the, at the hotel. I said, God, you're the God of fire. I prayed, I said, God, I told my family, I said, keep praying, pray for her. I want God. I want Jeff to see the power of God. I want his whole family, his daughters. I want them to see the power of God. Not because of who I am. Not for my sake. I can't do anything but for his. So that he receive the honor and the glory. I mean it. If we get that messed up, we lose it all. Let me say that again. If we get that messed up, we lose it all. God, it's your power. 
It's not by might, nor by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. Six o'clock, took her off ventilator. Breathing just fine. Sitting up in the bed. Had her first meal. Two days later, she's there saying, he texts me, he calls me. Actually, Ray, they said she's getting kicked out of ICU. They're going to put her in a normal room. I said, wow. The fire falls in ICU supernaturally. And the next thing you know, it's whittling all the way down to the normal. Now she's in, that, she's in the hospital. Now they're contemplating when they're going to let her go home. Everything's good. She's been touched, strengthened by God. And she's off all her medicines. And she's sitting there waiting to go home. As a matter of fact, yesterday morning, she friended me on Facebook. She did. Her daughters have been sending me notes. Thank you for praying for mama. Thank you for taking care of my best friend. Thank you for being there. And I keep doing what every one of us has to do. I keep turning it around. I said, Jeff, it's the power of God. It's the same God your mama loved. The same God your daddy served. The same God your brother loved. It is the God of Jehovah, Isaac, Abraham, Moses, and Emily. Same God. He said, it's been a hard road. He said, but Ray, I'm getting back to God. I said, I know you are. Now I'm staying on him. I've been texting him. I'm calling him. I'm going to make sure I stay on him. I'm telling you, he is the God of fire. He is the God of deliverance. He's the God of healing. He's the God of Middletown, Ohio. He can do anything. Nothing is impossible with him. But you've got to believe. You've got to have faith. That's all you got. You don't have to do any particular dance. You just got to have faith in the God of the mountain. That he'll send his fire. He'll send his fire. Don't you remember when Elisha was standing there with his servant? Almost, y'all stand. If you stand, I'll quit. I may have to repent. I told that church last night. I said, if y'all will say amen a whole lot, I'll quit a lot sooner. Half the choir turned around and looked at me and said, uh-uh. Rudeness. <laughs> the servant was worried sick. Ben and dad is against them. The Assyrian army's against them. They're coming in chariots. They're coming up over the hills. They're looking for you, Elisha. They're going to kill us. We're under attack. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? The economy's terrible. Wall Street's going to crash. Everything's falling apart. The whole world's coming unglued. Judgment is falling. Wrath is falling. Oh, what are we going to do? Elisha said what I say to us tonight. Elisha looked up and said, Oh, Lord, open thy servant's eyes to see. If you could just see who's for you if you could just see who's for you you wouldn't hardly be able to contain the victory inside the Bible records and says when the servant turned around and looked at the army of the Assyrians that was coming he couldn't believe his eyes as he looked up 
into the levels of the hills all around. The Bible says there were angels, warriors in chariots of fire. Let it be known this day, Elisha said, there are more who are for us than who are against us. I say it again. There are more who are for us than who are against us. It may look like you're walking a lonely path. It may look like you're all by yourself. It may, be look, it may look like you're struggling from one trial to the next. But child of God, open up your eyes. See the chariots of fire. God has not left you, abandoned you, forsaken you. God is on the throne in your life and he's in control of your circumstance and the enemy may be attacking. The chariots of the Assyrian army were coming, but they had to deal with the chariots of fire. And Elijah wasn't worried about nothing. Elijah just looked at his servant and said, Lord, open his eyes. So my prayer for us tonight is that we will see the power that comes in trusting and serving God. That we will look past all those petty little things that hurt our feelings and cause us to get all weak spiritually. Stop looking to Obama to solve the problem. Stop looking to Washington and to the Senate and to the Congress. Quit looking at the Democrats or the Republicans to solve the problems. Your worldly, fleshly thing, you. You aren't dependent on that boss. You aren't dependent on that doctor. Although they're good. You have a much greater power working for you. If you belong to God, you need not ever be concerned. Don't worry, be happy. Don't worry, be happy. As a church in this city, I want us to strive for excellence. I want the best choir we can have. I want the best youth ministry on the face of the earth. I want us to build an annex out here for family and discipleship ministry that is second to nothing. I want it to be the best it can be because God don't deserve our leftovers. You got it better at your house than we got it at the house of God and that's a priority problem. God's house ought to be excellent. It ought to be beautiful. We ought to work hard to make it beautiful care about it. We don't just throw things down and look for the cheap way out. God help us if we do that to God's house. David gave instructions to Solomon. He was to build an excellent place for God. But it's not just buildings. It's ministry. It's people. I want to build people. I want fire in people. I want testimonies in this crowd. I want people, I want to be able to look over a crowd and be able to point people out and say, you testify, you go, you testify, you testify what God did for you. You testify next, you, you're next. I want God, I want testimony after testimony of answered prayer, one after the other. 
I want God to turn this city upside down because there's a fire brewing in this house. Every head bowed, every eye closed.